Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Artist of the Roundtable. Hello. We are back. We're going to talk about our business and how we got started, how we got into the photography industry, and how it all began for uh, me and Karen. Our story. That's going to be the title of this episode. It's just our story. It's a pretty long, uh, (laughs) deep adventure, many ups and downs. For sure. It's exciting. It's exciting and fun, but uh, it's it's a, this will probably be one of the longer podcasts that we have because uh, I I firmly believe that you can't really know where you're headed unless if you have been able to realize where you've been. Um, so part of our story is hopefully going to encourage a lot of new artists out there. Um, or even existing artists, just so that you know uh, everybody goes through struggles, but you can absolutely overcome them and be successful. You can start from anywhere and build something. It doesn't matter where you came from. doesn't matter what you're dealing with, where your walk of life has been, or where it's going now. You can, you can absolutely um, change your cards. You can make your life whatever you want it to be, and that's, that's why we're going to share our story, so that we can hopefully inspire people that... Um, maybe are in the same boat as we were. So we'll start, you know, with challenges and, and ups and downs. First, we'll start, we met, me and Karen, we've been together. This is 15 years of marriage. In August, yeah, yeah 15 years. But we've actually been together together since we were 16. So that's almost 17 years. Yeah, over we've, half our life. Yeah, we've spent more time together than we have apart, which I think is really beautiful. We've known each other longer than that. Um, she probably uh, didn't like me at first. I don't think you liked me very much. <laughs> I I didn't, but it was only because you just kind of exuded this cockiness that... Confidence? It, it was confidence looking back at it now, but when I was younger, it just seemed cocky, not confidence. <laughs> it seemed cocky. I thought you were cocky too. I know, which is so crazy to me because I do not view myself. You know, my self-esteem has always not been the best, So, <laughs> but I guess that, that obviously can be displayed in different ways. But you were always my type. <laughs> my sister will tell you. Yes, blonde, but I I don't know. I mean, it depends on the time of year that you catch me because I change my hair color so much. (laughs) Favorite eye color, green. Green, 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 green. Other things I won't mention. (laughs) Body type, we'll put it like that. That all all worked at the ripe old age of 12. Yeah, so we definitely went through um, a... I get. I don't even want to say a phase, but you know, most young people who find love at a pretty young age have to deal with the the older people in their life telling them that they're just it's lust, it's not love. But Andrew and I have always known that we really had true love for each other, and even though we have hard times, I think as you know, any married couple does, um, that love definitely has overcame all of the struggles that we've gone through um and that's it's been real it's always been real so uh we we have a lot of pride in the fact that we have been able to overcome so many obstacles together and and show that what we had was true love so yeah we met uh, actually probably met younger around nine we had a mutual friend um so my best friend (laughs) rode the bus with her yes and andrew was homeschooled so i think that that's important to mention because 
Uh, it was so crazy how everything lined up. Because I'm socially awkward? Is, is that where we're going with no, this? No, you're not socially awkward. Because that's what everyone's going to think? No, you are not socially <laughs> awkward. But it was just crazy how it lined up because, you know, with you not being in public school, it was so bizarre that your our common friend was in public school and how you guys were together with you not being in school. So that I think that it's kind of a beautiful way that we met. Um, so it was really funny. Our first time meeting, it was a little awkward um, through the mutual friend. And time kind of went by. Went, went by. Yeah, I, I want to say it was kind of like in fast forward. Um, and then we really got to where we were hanging out closer to when we were like 12. 12. But that was when we kind of really didn't like each other. We were reading into each other's personalities a little too much. And he'll tell you that he liked me Physically, but not necessarily from personality because he didn't. We didn't really talk. Well, she told me I was following her around a skating rink. Oh my when god, you love this can, story. Can anyone tell me which way a skating rink goes? Okay, but in my defense, you were a skating following, rink goes in a circle. You were following me super closely, though. You, you can like, only go one way. Okay, you love to bring that out. You love to talk about that. I just thought you're always hyped that I was following you in a circle. Oh. <laughs> I had nowhere else to go. <laughs> but you were super close behind me. Anyways. I we, like the view. We, <laughs> we eventually got to a point where um, we were able to we actually communicate and get to know each other. Different interactions. For sure. Um, so my personal life, which is definitely not something we're going to dive deep into today because it's just a whole different book of stories. Totally but different than my completely life. different um completely different raising completely different childhood i'm um, considered the only child i do have a sister but she uh she didn't even really come back into my life till i was about 12 and she's 10 years older than me and um, she's i have a half sister yeah and i have many siblings so um i think that in itself caused quite a few differences between us just with the way we're raised. Yeah, um, and just our... I know, wasn't sharing things. And I, all I knew was sharing, so... Not that I wasn't nice, I just wasn't... No, he was always super nice to me. Um, even when we had that like awkward period where we didn't really care for each other that much, he was still always really nice to me. So he, he's always been a kind-hearted person. I gave you a bear or something at one point, you and sure you tried did. to hug me. I did try to hug you, and you wouldn't turn in for the hug, so it ended up just being like an awkward me laying my head on his chest not, when he gave me I wasn't much gift. of a physical touch person. Um, um, oh, so she funny. was raised more of a physical, loving very, very much so. Type of family. My family is a little less in your face with that. <laughs> and mm. mine is completely opposite. Very family oriented. Everybody knows everything about everybody else. Um, I don't even really know my aunt and uncle's names. Um. <laughs> Whereas I can trace my history back many decades. Uh, my grandfather even can, I mean, you know, whether or not it's true or not, that I can't say, but he can trace. His, our family, back to biblical times if you let him tell the story. So whether or not that's accurate If you want to spend, you know, about 10 years of your life, you'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll hear a nice story. Yeah, you will for sure. Not that it's a bad story, but it'll just... It'll, it'll take some time. time. It'll take some time. So after we were about 12, um, just things in my personal life were really, really tough. So I ended up moving in with my biological father, which was definitely a rough time. Um, 
like I said, I will go Her into my got divorced. Yeah, I'll go into my personal history on another episode when we have time to talk about <laughs> dealing with trauma and becoming successful, even regardless of the trauma that you may go through. Um, but after some time, um, I ended up moving back in with my mother, and oh, I was approaching sixteen. Disappeared? Yeah, probably hadn't seen her. I mean, I think I may have saw her two three times in three years yeah and while I lived with my biological father I I got myself into um I got in with the wrong crowd which I think when you take into consideration my situation with both of my parents it was bound to happen so I definitely was attracted to a rougher crowd so when Andrew first saw me after a couple years um I did not look good. I had, I definitely had not been taking care of myself. She had some sh- some stringy hair, and she was very, 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 very thin. I um, <laughs> stringy hair. <laughs> That's so funny that you pay attention to my hair like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I did not. Um, I definitely did not look very well. Taken Attitude care of. was a little not as cheery. She said, "You know, Karen, she's very cheery, so she was more of a I, bubbly, a, yeah, very outgoing." And I was Not a little bit more mood. reserved. Yeah, I was I was a little more reserved. Um, definitely had gone through some damaging situations. Um, so it was, you know, it was a little different. Well, um, fast forward a couple of months and things in my personal life uh, with my mother and my stepfather and my siblings was becoming more and more intense. Um, it was very abusive. They were... Her mom was married to a a very abusive man. Very narcissistic. Um, She was married to him for six years. And things came to a head um, about the summer that I turned 16. Like uh, maybe June. My birthday's in July. So June. My birthday's in September. She's my cougar. Is I like to call her. Oh, my gosh. He he promised me. So I had such a hang-up. Well, I'll get there. I'll get there. Um, <laughs> I'm so frustrated that he calls me his cougar because we're only six weeks different, but I am older than him. Um, but anyway, so things with my personal life kind of came to a head in the summer before I hit 16. And I physically had to tell my mom we had to leave the situation that we were in, which was, you know, I was used to having to kind of coach my mom in how to manage situations because my mother is a very calm um well like Andrew said she was married to a very narcissistic man um even my biological father was not the best so she he just didn't care he just um biological father Right. Yeah. So we, things really started to escalate that summer. And I remember telling my mom, I was like, mom, we, we have got to leave this house or something bad's going to happen. And so we packed a garbage bag full of our stuff and we made a plan. Because how many siblings do you have? Yes. So, well, I have one older half sibling. Um, and I, I really hate the word half because to me, they're, they're, they're still family. I they're just, yeah, they're, they're family. They're my sister. Like, oh, my sister, my sister. She's my half sister. I still call her my sister. But the and, senior age difference and people right, get confused. Right. They're always, you know, sister. Just family. Yeah. The yeah. same as it would be if they were your, I guess, quote unquote, full sibling. 
Um, so anyways, I... I also have a 22-month younger sister who we, she is the only sibling that I have that we have the same mom and dad. Um, then I have two younger half-siblings. Um, I had a brother, and then I have my sister, Anna. My brother's name was Greg. So at this point in time, while things were escalating quite a bit, and I had to kind of give my mother an ultimatum because, unfortunately, my, my mom was so, um, I, I don't like to use the word, or words that they, she didn't have a backbone, but it, it took a lot for her to really make a decision. And um, understanding now that I'm older that she was just trying her best to make a situation work because she already had one marriage that she felt like she had failed at, she was just trying to make the second one work. But I, I could see very clearly, um, and I had been living in this very toxic family for a very long time so y'all uh, all lived how many of you there was six, six of us and total a two, two and bedroom it was a two-bedroom house yeah i didn't one have, bathroom yeah it was one bathroom i mean um, you walk in and barely i mean there was nothing there yeah which we you know i never really needed a lot but i didn't um especially when my siblings were born i did not have my own room i had like two drawers in a chester drawer that had my personal belongings again that's opposite of me i had my own room yeah um, plenty of space. space i you know had a tv he, in my room he I, had a whole barn that was filled with these cool um like arcade toys and i just remember being like man this guy's this he's got it all um but you know i never minded not having much it wasn't really that big of a deal um but anyway so we uh were pl- making this plan to leave this toxic man that my mom had married and um we left uh the the I guess the tricky part about this without going too far into my personal history is that this was not the first time that my mom had left this man um this was now the third or fourth time that she had left him and so we had to be smarter about it this time because my mom could see that he was slipping too Um, and for my mom to admit that he was not doing well, I knew it was really bad. So we had to make a plan to go stay with family members that he did not know the location of. So it took about a week and a half for us to make this plan. We packed, you know, just the few belongings that we had and we left one day. Um, well, not too long after that, um, my stepdad found my brother who was his son, uh, picked him up from school and it was five at the time. He was five at the time. He was in kindergarten. Uh, how my stepdad found us, again, we'll have to go into my personal story because it's it's kind of a deep, twisted spider web. Um, but point in being, he found where we were living with my aunt and uncle. Uh, he picked my brother up, took him from school, even though my mother had made the school very aware of the situation, but because they were not officially divorced, my stepdad still had a right to see his son. They couldn't legally keep him from being with his dad. Um, the problem was is the school did not notify my mother until after my stepdad came to get his son, and at that point in time, it was too late. So it wasn't until the following week that we found out he had committed suicide and murdered my brother. Um, it was devastating, to say the least. I um, it's I been. I still remember the phone call. Yeah, he... uh, I was up early. Uh, it was probably like six, seven a.m. And I remember seeing my mom just bawling on the phone. I was like, something. 
just Bad. happened. I was like, something's going on. Yeah. And it, then I heard what happened. I was like, oh my goodness. It was it was very unbelievable because my stepdad, being the narcissist that he was, had everyone believing that my mother was the problem in the marriage. And you know what's so crazy is is that my mom never had a bad thing to say about him to anyone. Nobody knew what we were living through. Nobody. So Still when some people today think he's a good person, I yeah, I came from. They but do. I, they I, do. Um, because how, he was very well. How good known. it was at hiding who he was. He was definitely a con artist. Even though they know sure. what he did, they still think you know. So when that. when this happened. Um, at my brother's funeral, there was 450 attendees. We had to rent out a school auditorium, which, you know, I was moved by the love, um, but really it was such a horrendous act that it just, it stopped time for a little while. Nobody could believe what happened. So this is where Andrew kind of came back into my life. And he saw each other again at the, at the funeral, at the funeral. And he was a little little bit awkward. He was a little awkward. I'm not good with, um, sad sad situations and being the supportive. uh, I don't know. Well, you're super supportive. You've always been supportive. I think it was just, well, what you said to me specifically was you didn't know what to say. You you yeah. didn't know what to say. And I think my response to you was, you don't have to say anything. Just being here for me is what's most important. Um, so after that, we go to my grandmother's house. Um, and, you know, everybody's there just supporting my mom, supporting our family. And Andrew and a couple of our friends that we all kind of grew up together with, we were just chatting. And I, I think that that was the first time that Andrew and I had a genuine connection. He likes to talk about the fact that I shared a drink with him that day and it made all of the other friends really mad at they him. They did. They were really mad. Because I shared a drink with him instead of sharing a drink with anybody else. But Andrew's always made me comfortable. Um, I felt like I could be myself around him, which was very, very rare for me. I always felt like I had to be somebody else uh, around most people, around everyone really, except for Andrew. So what ended up happening because of that situation, my stepdad had left my mother with over $250,000 worth of debt to try to consolidate. My my stepdad was definitely not a dumb person by any means. So he was very smart with finances. He was, uh, well, I shouldn't say smart with finances. He was not smart with finances, (laughs) but he was smart with With how how to get things. Yes. You get money, you could just couldn't. He didn't pay, pay anything. Back. <laughs> so but he was smart in the fact that he attached my mother's name to And he didn't just leave her with anything. He left her with literally nothing. nothing we had to sell all of our belongings um to to try to recoup my mother's credit because you know, once her credit score was damaged, that left us with no home, that left us with nothing. Was, and the house that this happened at it just it happened to be closer to where I live because her family is about an hour and a half north. So my, my house family. is probably 10 minutes from And And the house that Andrew and I have today is literally like eight minutes away from the house that this all happened in. So I... Um, Fortunately, with through therapy and with my amazing husband, I've, I've understood and been able to work through my grieving process about my brother. Um, it's not easy at all. Um, sometimes it's really difficult, but I have an amazing support system. So I'm okay that we live as close to that house as we, as we do. Uh, and believe it or not, I do have a lot of fond memories there. 
Um, so I try to focus on the positive rather than the negative. So, so what, what in, well, yeah, what ended up happening? Even I, I wasn't aware. I guess my our parents made something with your mom for y'all to come live with us. They because did. I have a grandma that she would spend the winters with my aunts in Florida. So she actually had a full basement apartment that was completely open during this time. No one, I mean, full kitchen. Yeah, of room and, down there. And so. Andrew's heart comes from his parents. His parents are truly very giving people. Um, and they were trying to help us. And I know that it put them in a really awkward position because I would definitely say your parents are a little bit more on the strict side. Conservative. Very, very conservative. They did not like the so idea. So to allow a 16-year-old girl to live with a 15-year-old boy was not, like, their first priority. But out of the kindness of their they, heart, they, they were just... They probably knew I was attracted to. <laughs> They were they were definitely trying to be nice and help us um, when it came to giving us a place to stay because we we really were we were homeless we didn't have anywhere to go. Um, we were trying to solve all the stuff that he had to pay off the debt, all the junk that he had bought. Right. He had what tractors and horses and we did. We had um, eight horses. We had a horse trailer that was extremely nice. Um, we had seven, almost 17, well, 17.25, almost 18 acres. We had, um, he had the, he would always get a brand new truck every couple of years. So he had a brand new Ford F, I think it was F350, I want to say. Um, so all of these items had to be sold off to kind of help my mom consolidate this debt that was attached to her name too. So their plan was, the original plan was uh, two weeks. Yeah, so the, the idea was for us to stay with Andrew's family in the basement um, that was initially a nice little apartment down there just for two weeks while my mom handled all of these you know, bigger deals. Let's be real. Um, none of the, that's going to get fixed in two weeks. Well, we had no idea. I mean, you know, and I don't think anybody had any idea how deep all of this, you know, anytime you lose anybody in death, there's so much that you have to consider. But this is the first time we had been hit with something so tragic that had so many spider webs of stuff that needed to be consolidated that it just, it, it obviously was going to take more than two weeks, but we had no idea how to judge that. So sure enough, we moved in with Andrew's family. They were so kind and generous in giving us a place to stay. Um, we obviously didn't want to stay in the house where the incident happened, but we had to go there every day to try to, you know, clean it up, clean it up, and, and up get everything. things ready to sell. And uh, we had a German Shepherd dog. His name was Buddy. Um, it was really hard because, uh, you know, anytime you're going through some really tough trials and you have an animal, you develop a relationship with that animal. Well, we couldn't be with Buddy for the first couple of weeks. We had to be separated from him. So once we moved in with Andrew, um, we were able to keep Buddy at the house and we were able to see him every day, which was super amazing because that dog was just my saving grace. I can't, I cannot talk about him enough. I love that dog. Um, so anyways, we moved in and it was almost uh, like a sigh of relief when I saw Andrew at the door and yeah. I just had gone through so much. I, I had hair that was down to my back and I cut it all off. The and first words were, don't fall in love with me. That is not true. That was not my first words <laughs> to you. I think that was one of the first But words. The, the problem was, was that um, all of my other guy <laughs> friends, people that I thought were my friends, it was like as soon as this tragedy happened, they tried to become a boyfriend. And so I was just so guarded and so messed up 
Not to mention all of the things that I went through while I was living with my biological father and all of the relationships that I had there really just had me in a terrible headspace. So Andrew swears that I said to him not to fall in love with me. You had a guy that was a slight stalker. I, that's so mean. I don't remember saying that to him, but if I did, I, I can understand where that was coming from because you had I a mixed genuinely. Tape from, who was the band again? Three Doors Down. Yeah, yeah, he made you a nice Three, three Doors Down mixtape. Anyways, so I really just wanted a it friend. Did work. Oh, Andrew. It, I really just wanted a friend. So I was trying to just find anybody that I could just be myself with because I, I had never felt so alone in all of my life. So we and moved And I really in. wanted to actually be our friend because... He did. He was so kind to me. So over the next nine months is really where our relationship kind of began. But we yeah, just two started weeks. off... <laughs> no, it was not two weeks. It ended up being nine months. Um, and we just... We became best friends. He talked to me and he allowed me to actually be myself. I didn't have to be somebody else to to be around him and actually yeah i was in uh, college at this point i graduated early he's so smart school all that that you know he's so smart no he graduated from homeschool early he got into college at 16 he was on track to become a radiologist like andrew's just an extremely smart person um completely different from me i was very goal oriented but when it came to school obviously i got pulled out of school and i homeschooled for the last couple years of, of high school but I stretched it out because I was not driven with school. I was driven by working and, and feeling like I was contributing to my family. So that was kind of what had me motivated. Um, but I would say after maybe three or four months. Because we hung out every, every day. Every day we hung out every night till my father would. 11.03. It was 11.03. It's a wonderful bedtime song. Oh, yeah. It drove me nuts. He, good night, farewell, every night. And Andrew and I would always, like, sneak to the kitchen so that we could have a conversation instead of watching TV with his parents. And like I said, his parents were very conservative, very strict, so they did not let us ever really have time to communicate on our own. So we would always just try to find moments in the day where we could just talk and just be around each other and get to know each other a little bit better. So after months of doing that, I find what I appreciated about Andrew so much was the fact that he didn't, he left signs that he was interested in me, but he never pushed his emotions on me like everybody else in my past had. And that made me fall in love with him, I think, even more than he realized at the time, because I appreciated that he gave me my space and he let me make the moves when I needed to. So like, and, and I ask him even now because I was like, I'm not even really sure when exactly was it that you fell in love with me because, you know, he let me always make the first move. So the first like interaction that we had as boyfriend and girlfriend was in a blockbuster. If that tells you how old we were, I <laughs> grabbed his hand to hold his hand while we were in blockbuster. This and, is when we actually was, it's what we call our, this was our date day. Friday. Friday was always our date day because I was off school. Yep, and we would get to spend, you know, all, all day, day together, together. with was, no interruption. My mom was the only one there and your sister, your baby sister. Yeah, so with like our, we She was our babysitter. Yeah, she was. So <laughs> We were babysitting by the babysitter. Right. And we would take her to the park and we would, you know, we would just do stuff together all day on Friday. And that's really where we were able to, to develop more of a relationship. Um, so Blockbuster was the first time that I made an initiative with Andrew to show him that I was really into him. 
And the first time that he says that he really fell in love with me, we the there was a big storm that came in and the house lost power. Mm-hmm. And but tell him exactly what it was that made you realize that you were in love with me. It was you bit my hand. So I bit his hand. Like I grabbed <laughs> his hand and I bit his forefinger. And <laughs> I'm not sure why that's the moment that he decided that that was the moment he knew he couldn't live without me. Um, for me, it was actually a little bit sooner than that. My sister helped me because my my head was such a mess. And I, I remember telling her, I was like, Rachel, I, because at the time I was talking to another guy. Again, I thought he was my friend, but he made it clear he didn't want to be friends. And I remember having a conversation with my sister and I was like, I don't. I just don't mesh with his personality. And Went she, to the party without me. I did go to a Super Bowl party without Andrew, but it wasn't my fault. It, they didn't invite you because your parents kind of were known well, to had, hover. I had school anyway, so I don't know what to do. I was going to go. Okay. Well, anyways, while I was there, I just was not comfortable. I was not in my own skin at this party. Even though I was surrounded by friends, I just didn't. I always felt like I had to, to please everybody around me. So... My sister was like, well, Karen, when you were at that party, who were you thinking about? And I said, I was thinking about Andrew the whole time. And she says, well, that's your answer. That's that's who you care about. And I don't know why it took somebody else to kind of help me realize that, but my head was just such a mess. And once she said that to me, it was like everything clicked. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. This is my person. This is who I'm supposed to be with. He's the one who's always on my mind when I'm not with him. Even when I am with him, I'm thinking about more time with him. Like, when am I going to get the next time with him? So everything became very clear after that, and he's been my person ever since. Um, So after that, I I was subtly letting him know that I was into him, and he would little things. He he did so many things for me that he it just showed that he was listening to me. So. Like, one of the things that happened before my brother was killed was he read a book, um, the, I don't remember the title, but it was basically digging a hole to China and getting to spend time in China. So my brother and I, there's pictures of us where I'm digging a hole with him because I was like, you know what, we're going to go to China together, buddy. And Andrew, after Greg was killed and after we moved in, I told him the story and I was having a hard time sleeping. I've always had a hard time sleeping. I asked him, I said, uh, Andrew, do you have any stuffed animals? Because I'm not used to being in a big bed by myself. I don't have any siblings with me. Nobody's like on me. Uh, I don't have a dog in here. Do you have any stuffed animals? And he says, I'm a grown man. I don't have stuffed animals at the age of 16. (laughs) Um, And I was like, well, shoot, maybe I can use pillows. Well, that week, he told me that Friday, that evening before we went to bed, he said, you know, just check under your nightstand table. I left something for you. And I go up there and I'm like, oh, my God, what did he leave for me? Well, it was a stuffed animal and it was a panda bear. And in the note, he said to me, this is just a reminder that one day you'll get to take your brother to China. Um, and he's had my heart 100% ever since then. He just did stuff like that for me all the time. Just from listening to me and hearing the things that I needed, he took initiative to take that pain away, whatever it was, or try to fix whatever problem I had. He's always been that one to, to fix issues that I struggled with. So that kind of definitely jump-started our relationship. And I want to say that that's kind of all she wrote. (laughs) But it's definitely not uh, the end of our story by any means. Um, But things just progressed from there. 
Um, and it was, it was obvious. We met up at, um, the park that was right next to my home. Um, one of the days that we were there just cleaning and organizing, my mother was going to clean homes. That's what she did to get some income while we were trying to solve this mess. And Andrew was like, you know, Hey, we can meet up at the park. And I said, that's great. I'll, I'll come. I took my dog with me. Well, one of his friend's moms spotted us making out at the park. And of course, as any good mother would do, she told my husband's parents. Cause this time we had been making out a little bit and, yeah, we we definitely were like into each other for sure. And but you know, kissing was as far as it had ever gone and then you know, after you kiss each other, you start getting to that point of making out, and, you know, things just progress. So we were making out at the park. We had no fear of being seen, which we should have probably been a little more cautious, but probably. we weren't. At that point, I We just didn't care. We didn't <laughs> care. We loved each other and we didn't care who knew. So, um but anyways, we that kind of obviously caused some friction in the house um, because the parents were like immediately putting things on lockdown. They said, you know, no more associating with Karen. You need to be with somebody when you're around her. And they just kind of shut it down. Karen broke up with me. (laughs) I never broke up with you. I was told you broke up with me. Okay. Yeah. You were told by your friend (laughs) that I broke up with you. You stopped talking to me that very day. And then you broke, you said, I just was known that you broke up with me. So Uh, so his friend did talk to me and I I said, I got a 56. I've never got a 56 on a test. <laughs> Babe, I got I'm, a 56 on my test. I caused him a lot of stress. I wasn't trying to. I was just trying to make the peace with his parents so that his parents would accept me because I always felt like I was kind of like the the bad person that came into their life and took Andrew off track. And so I was just trying to make the peace. So I, I told his friend, I was like, we just need to we need to be calm for a little while. And that translated into I broke up with him from his friend. Who, I might add, wanted to date me for a while, so that could have been where that was coming from. Probably. Um, (laughs) Anyways, uh, we made it through that with communication, and we just got to the point where we started writing letters to one another because his parents really did put him on lockdown. Um, It was very difficult to have any time with him at all. So I was brokenhearted. He was brokenhearted. And we got to a point where we started leaving letters in a hidden place in their house for each other. That was the way that we communicated. And then it got to a point where they physically couldn't keep us apart from each other anymore. So they kind of told my mom, you know, this situation's just not working out. And my mom ended up staying with another friend for about a month before we moved into the house that was about an hour and a half away. To be continued in part two.